Hi everyone, this is Varun Gumbadi and you're listening to the Stars and Startups podcast. I'm back again with more illuminating stories from the world of entrepreneurship and startups. This is probably the episode you've been waiting for. I'm super excited to speak with Nitin Kamath, the CEO and co-founder of discount stockbroking platform Zeroda. The scale and profit numbers for a bootstrap company is truly mind-boggling. More recently, they've been in the news for being a bootstrap unicorn and also for making some very interesting investments as part of the Rain Matter initiative. Truly enjoyed doing this episode and hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Before we get started, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and share with friends as well. Okay, let's say hi to Nitin. You know there are uh, so many unconventional stories about Zeroda right now, right? But you're an avid poker player. You're a CEO of a company who still interacts with uh, the customers with your blog, and you keep in touch uh, with that. You've also kind of gotten into um, investing uh, more recently. There's a lot of very interesting things going on, and I want to dig very deep into a lot of these pieces. But we have limited time, so I'm trying to get to a lot of these things. But first, you were a trader when you were 17 years old, right? right? Um, well, firstly, welcome, Nitin, uh, to the show. Uh, we've kind of sure. got it, uh, <laughs> got it chatting. But um, you started when you were eight, 17 years old. And if when I was 17 years old, my dad gave me 50 rupees to buy whatever I wanted. That was my pocket money for the week, right? right. <laughs> you were trading with the money I was buying Pani Puri with. You were trading and, and making money on the stock market. Well, how did you start? Where did this capital come from? So, you know, I, I used to live in this neighborhood where there used to be a lot of these Marwadi friends, of uh, Marwadi people, you know, and Marwadis generally get into business quite early in life. So a lot of these 20, 18, 19, you know, the person's already doing business. So some of these guys were also doing tra- uh, trading stocks. Hmm. So, and uh, I got introduced to it and, and it was not a, like a lot of money, you know, so I used to, you know, there were 500 rupees, you know, like that, that, you know, like you're trading very small amounts of money. Mm. Uh, why did it start? I mean, it, it was just lure of quick money. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, that's essentially what gets a lot of people attracted to the stock markets. And mm. uh, that was uh, what attracted me as well. And, uh, it, you know, and, and the way I used to trade back then was is almost close to gambling, you know, in the sense, you know, you go day trade, like, you know, so, you know, you, you're trying to call a stock that will go up or down in a day. So, um, so yeah, so that, but then I think, um, you know, starting early kind of just gave me so much more time to just figure the intricacies of this business and, and the business back in the late nineties was very different to how it is today. Hmm. It was uh, mostly offline. There wasn't really right. digital platform. So if I had to trade, I had to go to someone's office, sit there, look at someone else's computer, uh, and, you know, and ask him to buy or sell. So that, hmm. that kind of transition and evolved very fast. Uh, I think uh, 2001 is when ICICI Direct uh, launched uh, with their online platform. 2000, 2001. So that's when I, tra- you know, I moved from trading offline to trading online. And uh, you know, there used to be this Sifi centers. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. You know, so of course, the cyber cafes. Cyber cafes. You know, I used to go and sit on the sit in those cyber cafes, uh, and it used to be quite expensive. So your cost of doing trading was just not the cost of, uh, you know, your PNL, but you had to cover for the cost of sitting and trading the markets. Right? And in between, you used to have disconnections. And, you know, in the, in the stock markets, uh, things move up and down quite fast. Right? Now, yeah. imagine you are in a trade and suddenly you're disconnected, right? As in you, uh, and then you're disconnected for like half an hour and stuff like that. So, yeah, but it was fun. You know, it was uh, it kind of, um, you know, the thing about, the best thing about stock markets is that, right, it, it teaches you, the you know the the value of money and you know money you know risk management and etc. Because the only way to survive trading the stock markets is through risk management. A lot of people keep focusing on what is the strategy to make money, which is you know when should I buy, when should I sell. You know when you buy, when you sell is actually the least important of the things. And mm. the most important thing is actually how do you just manage money because you know these when you buy, when you sell is completely out of your control. The outcome on that. Mm. Right? The only thing which is in your control is just what do you do if it goes right or what do you do when it goes wrong? Right? And, uh, and, and, that, and that learning, you know, is something that uh, trading the markets has, I think, taught me personally. And, uh, 
I mean, it's taught me after a lot of going busts in life. You know, it wasn't like an easy lesson, you know. So, you know, so it's it's probably ten, fifteen years of doing stupidity, and then you know, yeah. you eventually learn <laughs> learn the lesson. You know, so. Well, so you you've compared uh, trading and business uh, to poker, right? Yeah. You've, you've kind of drawn the parallel. Um, which came first? Uh, <laughs> is that learning <laughs> poker first, or was the trading that helped you get better at business? No, no. I think it was trading. I mean, for the first from the time I was seventeen till around. Uh, so what happened was, you know, around two thousand five, I found this first customer who who saw you know that I was doing okay trading the market. So he cut me a check. And um, and he said, uh, Nitin, why don't you do this for me as well? Uh, so that's where the business side started, two thousand five six, and uh, I you know I started managing money, and then by then my younger brother had joined me, and you know he was a much better trader than I was. Uh, so then we said, you know, what's the point of two people trading? So you continue trading, and maybe I can give a shot in building a a broking business that we didn't have as traders. You know, that's how Zeroda started. And all my real business lessons has started after Zeroda. You know, so, uh, but in between, uh, I had worked in a call center for three and a half years. Uh, you know, between two thousand one to two thousand five, uh, three and a half four years because, you know, I had blown up and I had to go put you know uh, my trading capital back. So to earn that, I joined a call center. And so this is the first I, time you lost money on the stock market. Yeah. So two thousand one, uh, you know, is when I went bust. And uh, when I went bust, I went bust uh, with a lot of credit outstanding, you know. So oh, which wow. meant it mm-hmm. wasn't. Uh, so yeah, so I had to go earn, and uh, so I joined the call center because how deep was the call hole? center? Was huh? how, how deep how was big? the hole? No, no, no. In, in today's context, nothing at all. But in that day's context, it was quite deep, you know. Because I, I remember my first job was some twelve thousand rupees a month, and I had to earn two years to pay back that hole, you know. So so it was. <laughs> It was uh, quite a big role, you know. No, so, but you were you were probably like nineteen uh, uh, when you graduated college, nineteen uh, twenty. Yeah, no, yeah. No, the thing is, I went to a college. I mean, I I don't really like to talk about. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't think I ever actually. You know, I still remember. I think in my fourth or fifth semester of engineering, my HOD calls me up, my mom up, and says. But your son's got a psychological problem, you know. So because <laughs> I was never seen in college and. And you know, and people knew that I used to trade the markets. So there was, you know, um, so yeah. So, but yeah, but around two thousand one is when I was, uh, you know, finishing my college. And uh, so yeah, so around twenty one, twenty twenty one. That's when I went bust. Uh, and then I worked in that call center for for like three and a half, four years. And uh, so a lot of life lessons were learned in the call center as well because I used to sell on the phone. Uh, okay. To these Americans, right? So you you yeah. sell, and and the and the call center I was working in was again a very shady kind of a call center. So the processes weren't very clean in the sense, you know. Uh, <laughs> so there was a lot of hustle. Selling right? security software, uh, calling no, a lot of people. Uh, no, it's actually selling mobile phones and credit cards to people who had bad credit. Mm, right. So yeah. thing is, in the US, you know, to buy a mobile phone, also you need a credit, good credit. Otherwise, no one sells right. you, right? So. Um, Uh, so yeah, so you know, this was this this whole process was selling stuff to people with bad credit, and somehow you know, I mean, yeah, it was it was it was it was quite a hassle. But I think you know, my English, my typing speed, my you know, just just ability to be able to sell on the phone, all of that. Yeah. You know, I think um, I think selling is very key to running a business, <coughs> right? As in, it's a it's right. a core skill set you need to have, and. Um, And that whole three four years of selling on the phone, I think, was you know, is also very important in this journey. You know, uh, so yeah, so I'd say trading, working in the calls into selling. Uh, I did multi level marketing for two three years. You know, <laughs> when I was when I was trading, so you know, so there was a lot of selling then as well. Um, and then this whole you know, uh, I became a fran- we became like a franchisee of a bigger brokerage firm back in two thousand five six. So all of that poker is actually very new. You know, poker. Uh, is uh, is the last four five years. Now what happened yeah. was uh, when Zeroda started, I stopped trading completely. You know, I mean, I I, okay. I do it to test our platform uh, because Nikhil uh, takes care of all the trading etc. So that's uh, so why I stopped trading. Now the thing is, once you've traded the markets, right? You know, you miss the dopamine, you know, adrenaline, whatever rush you can call. Yeah. 
yeah. which which trading the stock markets on a daily basis gives you. So, um, so I think you know, I I uh, for me the poker game is more about that. You know, it's just it's just that you know that you know just trade. You know, it's almost like trading. You know, so I think it's mm-hmm. all very similar. Trading poker business is is uh, is about how you manage your risk, right? As in, mm-hmm. uh, have you been a risk taker? Have you always been a risk taker? Like yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever. You know, like from the time I decided to do my first trade, and I think risk taking is uh, is is like I think it's almost. I, I'm a, you know I'm from a Brahmin family. As in, we are. I'm probably the first real businessman in the family. You know? So uh, I don't know how those things came in the genes, but uh, mm. uh, yeah. So I think I think the risk taking is something I I like. But what I've realized is I I've like started liking it even more. Once I realized the importance of money management, because you know a lot of people try to keep hitting out of the park every time. Right? I mean, like you know, that's that's how you know you're you're sold in the movies, right? Saying this guy took one thousand rupees, made it a crore rupees, and suddenly overnight became the rich guy, right? As in, exactly. that shit doesn't yeah. work in real life, you know. So, like in real life, you know, you have to grind, and uh, the way to grind is to know that every bet you take, you can potentially lose everything in that bet. Right. Mm-hmm. and uh, so you need to make sure you can take multiple bets so you know so you know even if you were to rob or wrong and say four or five bets continuously it doesn't blow up you blow up your account so uh so yeah so that's something that i you know completely you know i think my whole risk taking i that i started enjoying it even more after you know kind of realizing that's how you're supposed to play this all and uh, for the last 10 years of this journey you know personal journey i think i've enjoyed it a lot more because of that you know this a this a risk taking piece hmm. so i know one bust which was you know when you were just leaving college and then you had to join the call center to pay it back what was the second time because i know the third time oh, you sure, made a yeah. lot of money which was the seed capital for zerodha <laughs> <laughs> right no no so uh, before uh, the 2001 thing uh, you know before that i had a mini bust uh, where i was trading i had borrowed some money and was trading and <clears throat> and then you know i got lucky that i started trading again and made up for the capital um even between you know even when i was in the call center there was i think after 6 months or 8 months of saving up some money to trade i kind of blew it all up uh you know mm-hmm. like a 3 4 day thing um, okay. uh but but yeah but generally i think after 2003 4 i haven't really you know like i don't think there have been times where uh, there's no there, there was never going under you know in the sense i've, mm-hmm. I've gone close to zero but i haven't gone you know below zero as such uh, but 2006 7 onwards is i think is where you know all this realization you know this uh, i guess the realization in life happened about how risk management is more important than anything else in life and from that time you know my conscious thing has always been that i will take a bet only if i you know i am okay with losing it all in the sense mm-hmm. you know, i wouldn't take a bet if if i have to be worried about it even zerodha was almost like an all in you know when for people who look at it from outside they, a lot of people think it was you know like an all in bet you know where you took mm. uh, all the thing that you had and just put it on this business you know how could you do it if you think you know this that you shouldn't put everything into one single bet i mean the thing the the uh, when we started zerodha right the the whole idea was so we were a sub broker or a franchisee for reliance money or reliance securities and uh, and we were paying them a lot of brokerage because you know when you are a franchisee you know yeah. when your clients trade the franchise the the, the 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 owner <laughs> takes whatever little money and then he gives little money back to the franchisee right so when he started this business the bet was that you know we are going to move this business from reliance securities to here so even if you don't build a retail broking business uh you know this will cover for the cost of becoming a stock broker in india Right. and uh, and the, also the other bet was that you know if say one or two years into the business and the, you know we are not able to get customers i go get back to trading you know i join nikhil and start trading okay uh, so it was it wasn't you know it wasn't like a so uh, you had a fallback there was a, yeah there was a plan b i think that plan b started like i said right and from the time there was a plan b is when i think i personally trained up in my life mm. right? because when there is no plan b and there's only plan a right i realized that you end up doing a lot of stupid you know, take Lot of stupid decisions because you know you you're like there is probably a physiological reasoning behind it is that you know when you're stressed you, you know, your your brains don't work as well yeah right? and you end up taking irrational decisions and uh, 
but is that the thought process where you're saying you know what there's no other option like if there's no fallback and the fallback could be that okay i don't have uh, a solid job paying me a you know multiple lakhs a month right, right. um but you know at least i'll have a job for say a couple of lakhs a month right, right, right. so if you're okay with that you're saying um, you could make other bets right you're saying okay what you know if that's if i'm okay to come out of this comfort zone can i do other things that will get me uh, ahead so if, uh, you know for people who probably lost their jobs right now etc that could be a great uh, mindset to have right what, how would you uh, kind of frame that no no i, I think uh, <clears throat> yeah so the thing is you you if you want to win in life you have to take bets right as in you cannot not take a bet and somehow expect to win right i mean that shit's not going to happen to right as in uh, right so and uh, so if people who you know who have salaries and thinking about starting up etc so uh, i think i think the the, the uh, firstly you know like i typically i get this question quite a bit saying i intend to start up uh, should i start up not start up etc and uh, so so i personally think you know before you build a business you have to build your core competencies you know i mean you don't go to say olympics and try to run a 400 meters without preparing for it right uh, i mean then how does someone expect to just wake up one day and decide to open a business and then compete with someone who's been doing this for like ages right as it, you know it it i mean of course it can work you know and there is luck which hits people once in a while uh, but majority of times it doesn't so if uh, if it's people looking to uh, you know I like, can you know, start up etc I think personally I think first build core competencies uh, before you uh, you know you think of doing that business and then this business you know I think the edge at the end of the day is uh, how passionate you are you know I mean if you were to take three or four promoters founders of companies and you are to bet on someone who's going to win I think it, it's going to boil down to which of these founders is stupidly passionate about it Right. because eventually that is what kind of you know play out right so you need to be stupidly passionate about the problem that you are trying to solve as a business right uh, if you aren't either either of these you know uh, i mean if you, if these do things don't take off i think you shouldn't even worry about bother about starting a business because mm. it's a really risky uh, venture you know and, and potentially there's a lot of opportunity cost also that you miss out you know it's just not the money right. you put in or time <clears throat> because the time you put in you potentially are you know you lose opportunities that would have otherwise come in that time but for people who have lost job currently i think there is no better time to upskill yourself than now right as in uh, right as in a lot of you know uh, the some of the smartest founders that i know who are running businesses who are not you know businesses that are not doing well right now is they're just sitting and building the product out they're saying dude you know what as in uh, you know you need to be just make the best use of any opportunity that comes in life right so uh so yeah so i think uh, you know if if there is no someone's lost a job right now i think i don't think it should be to think about i want to do business because i've lost a lot of job unless you you have a passionate idea that you want to go after um i think uh, the right thing to do right now is just sit and upskill yourself you know read as much learn as many things about whatever you love doing so uh because i think the demand for such skilled people in this country is going to go up significantly in the future because this whole covid has just opened up you know uh, this whole opportunity for higher skilled people to get noticed because what is to happen right when everyone is to work in offices <clears throat> it was very inefficient like today i i know today who are the best guys on my sales team when i've always known it just by looking at sales numbers right but sales numbers isn't always the you know, right metric to say easy the best guy right so what has happened now is you know because of all of this we have to build process to say does he sell well does he you know all like it's just the world has just gotten so efficient around us that good folks will get spotted and uh, get hired or get promoted and all of that will happen much faster so i think for everyone the 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 uh, if someone's lost a job right now or sitting at home has got more time on for them so i think it's just upskilling like like the way you said right now because right? you're using this opportunity to do you know uh, try out podcasts as an and and i think everyone should you know find something like that and just uh, uh improve <laughs> do you suggest them to trade because uh, i i've been reading uh, some crazy numbers what uh, some of the americans are doing right they've just got themselves uh, robinhood accounts uh, 
you know, watching TikTok videos for trading, <laughs> and they're literally going crazy. The American stock market is literally like jumped a few, uh, you know, notches. Uh, you know, with all the stocks has just gone on a on a complete bull run. <laughs> What's your take on this whole uh, TikTok craze with uh, on on financial news and uh, investing trading? See, the thing is, uh, a lot of people think trading is an easy way of making money, right? Which is what is attracting people to it. Uh, and and there's generally a lot of uncertainty, right? As in, people who have jobs are uncertain about their future. People who have kept money in the banks are not getting enough yields on that money. Uh, you know your real estate uh, investments are not going up. You know nothing is. You know actually speaking, you know your money is not making a buck today, right? As in, so there is a lot of uncertainty, and a lot of people are looking at where is that place where I can make a little more money, or you know, and stuff like that. So a lot of people, you know, automatically you get attracted to stock markets because, and especially in a time when stock markets have done okay, right? Uh, is it should people look at trading? Trading is almost like running a business. Okay, it's exactly the same. So it's just that you know, starting a business, the entry barrier is quite high. You need to register a company, hire people, blah 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 blah. Uh, you know, but in trading, you can just open an account with us in two minutes, and you're set. Right. So automatically, you know, everyone takes the path of least resistance, which is, you know, you know, because trading is easy, and you know, it almost feels like you know, there's an opportunity to for you to make money easier. You you look at it, but Honestly speaking, I think trading is the toughest place in the world to make easy money because um, it you need you know, to have thick skin too. Huh? You need to have thick skin too. Like you said, you need to be okay with losing money, and and you know that's sometimes very hard for somebody, right? Because they feel like you know when when it's positive, they are like, okay, great, I made about five percent, seven percent, etc. But the moment it starts going into a negative number. Even if it's one negative, you're like, "Oh man, you feel so bad about it. You feel like you know you've done something wrong." No, like, like, see, when I when I was just telling you, right? Why should someone decide to start a business, right? One, you need to be stupidly passionate about that business idea. Uh, that that applies to, and and you need to have great risk management skills. Now, you need to know how to manage your money well, right? That's the exact skill set that's required to trade the markets. Right, which is firstly you need to be stupidly <clears throat> passionate about it. You know, quick money shouldn't be the reason why you get attracted to stock markets. And the problem is, most people get attracted to markets get attracted because of its its you know its lure of quick money, and it isn't really the fact that they you know they enjoy trading or they enjoy the act of picking up stocks, etc. So, uh, and second thing is uh, you know this trading is is is. Mostly about like what you just said, which is mostly about risk management. It isn't about uh, you know when exactly you will buy a stock or when exactly you will sell a stock because that shit you know is no one can control that. Right? Like you know like someone has said right, as in you can you no know, no point thinking about what is not in your control. You know you just need to focus on what is and what is in control when you are trading the market is is risk management. Right? You know uh, so. That's that's you know that's some one thing you know that we have, we've been trying to teach people through you know all these blogs and uh, you know all this education material, but yeah. we have realized that you know people don't you know is there so much distraction in today's world, so people don't mm-hmm. have that bandwidth to you know say if I were to give a book's name and say you know read Market Wizard before you trade, out of hundred people maybe one person will read it, right? You know so what you know, what if what what if you could put uh, TikTok videos that yeah. would <laughs> no no but no but, but if if life was that easy you know if I could teach someone trading using TikTok videos you would have done it by now right? trading is complex you know it is you know it yeah. isn't something that you can just uh, pick off a one minute video you know it it isn't you'll probably need like a ten thousand TikTok videos to be able to figure <laughs> the markets you know, so. No, no, I, like you know, I don't know if a stockbroker would say this, but I think if someone's looking at stock markets to make quick buck, I don't think he should even look at it because, mm. uh, you know, because stock markets, you know, the thing about trading is that it's almost like a big black hole. Uh, you can lose unlimited amounts of money. Like you know, if you if you were to you know ask me to lose unlimited amounts of money, I don't know how many businesses I can do where I can lose unlimited amount of money. But trading, very simple. Sure, sure. Give me a billion dollars. Sure, sure. Way to do it. 
yeah, you can give me a billion dollars and say Nathan lose this money in one month. I can lose it for you. You know, so because uh, you know, uh, yeah, trading is 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 quite tough. So, so I think you know, if someone's looking at trading, I think the right way to play this is, you know, understand firstly that it's extremely tough. So make sure you don't put more than five to ten percent of your liquidity into it. Right? I mean, I mean, trading is the best thing I've done in my life. We're saying here. We're saying that. Uh, this is not investing this is not long term investing we're talking about specifically trading which oh, is yeah, tough. Yeah. i'm talking about active trading right. Yeah, yeah right right so I mean, if you want about, to yeah. invest in the market which is a different uh, beast altogether uh, and <laughs> you know you should totally do that you know do your homework <laughs> go ahead and, you yeah. know make investments buy a hdfc bank stock you know keep it for a long time you know you're sorted yeah no i mean right. yeah that is that's that's a different thing all i mean that's the thing is when you invest It's not a zero-sum game, right? As in, yeah. all of us could invest in one listed company and make money together, right? Uh, you know, as the yeah. stocks go up, and that's a that's a different piece. Now, when I'm taking talking trading, I'm talking about people who are trading using futures and options, or people who are doing intraday trades, right? Uh, I mean, uh, or even you know, when you are investing for like one day, two day, right? That business is not a zero-sum game, and in that right. business. uh you know the 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 money drifts towards a better person because it's uh, i mean it, so that business is a zero sum game that means you know if you lose i make i'm so it doesn't go out anywhere right so it's uh, mm. uh so yeah so in in that kind of a business you know for example say if i love basketball i've been playing it forever and you start today and tomorrow we have a match right uh i mean it's a no brainer i mean you you know yeah. you you might you know you know its chance of you winning is very 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 less you know so it's uh, yeah. uh so I, i think i think that's what people need to realize that uh, mm. you know trading is like almost like playing a sport running a business you need to work on yourself it takes time uh, you know before you can make make a buck out of this so so make sure that when you start on day one you start with as little as possible you know put as little money as possible because you you know you need to think of it as almost like you know it's a tuition fees that you have paid Like, you know, before you got your job, you went to a college, you learned something, right? And and you didn't put, you know, like twenty years of your potential earnings into that college fees, mm-hmm. right? You put a small amount of that money, right? And uh, uh, so you need to look trading at, at trading also the same way, you know. Uh, see, the, right now the thing is, most people who are coming to the markets are coming to trade. Now, they are not really coming with the intention to buy a HDFC bank and invest in it for twenty years. You know, I mean, the reason I'm talking so much about trading is. because the folks who are looking at markets right now are the ones who are looking at making an alternate Short-term source mindset. of income yeah you know like you no know, can yeah. i make 10000 rupees a month 20000 rupees a month you know will cover my you know some costs <laughs> and you know, exactly. people are yeah. yeah you know so um nitin want to uh, switch gears a little bit uh, and and talk about uh, you know your comp- your company is zeroda uh, which you are the ceo of and the last few months has been a lot of chatter about being a bootstrap unicorn and you know all these new words and mythical beasts coming out of the woodwork now when you started out and and you know as a as a business that's uh, enabling other people to invest and you make a little bit of money um on each transaction etc I realize that you've had a very frugal mindset in you know because you don't have external money and you like you said there's no money to burn and you've kept this running for a long time and now it is compounded and I think um at least in public last year's numbers were 350 crores in profit uh that you guys generated what was some of the key pillars of making this happen Uh, and has that changed over time no no i think i think the uh, i think the first learning here is that you can't really make it happen you know so in the sense there is you know it's there is a lot of right place right time you know so you need to firstly understand that you know life is mostly random and you know you can't really make stuff happen you know so uh, you know you can just probably follow you know a kind of a right mindset right process uh, and and then hope that luck plays along you know and uh, and because you know you can't really bend those rules as such you know I, i think you know a lot of people think somehow you know if i work 20 hours a day in 20 days you know somehow business will 
now suddenly become better i mean of course you know by working 20 hours you put yourself in a better situation for that to happen but you still need some some of these moving pieces in this world to you know come align rightly for you right uh, i think i think like if i look back i think what has been some of those things that we have accidentally done right i have not you know there's nothing that was done intentionally because <laughs> you know i mean i don't want to be saying here that you know somehow there's this business plan that we followed through the last 9 years and suddenly all of these things worked well for us uh, i think uh, the first thing was we decided to start a business where we had a lot of core competency in right it was not and i had done traded for like 12 13 years before zerola happened so you know if you look at zerola it's not a 10 year old business it's it's actually a 23 year old business because the day i started trading is when i started you know putting in those seeds to for this to you know evolve all sorts right and uh secondly i think what we did was uh, uh you know like even before zerota this was happening was that we've constantly done things uh to give back to our customers without even any expectation in mind and what i mean to say is that even before zerota like i used to run uh, some of the largest communities in this country uh, around trading so i used to have the largest yahoo yeah. messenger group i used to have the largest orkut community and all of that you know where uh you know i used to be extremely active on a lot of these platforms you know in a lot of these places with a pseudo name you know i mean because back in the day uh, you know i was a sub broker i didn't want to look like i'm aligned to a certain brokerage so i used to have my you know call myself something else and i used to do this um but but you know a lot of these interactions was not again done with no expectation there was no seo there, you know i'm not doing it because i'm trying to capture a lead or i'm trying to you know uh, somehow do seo for the business and etc Uh, so that continued with zeroda as well so as when we started doing zeroda right as in we start building zeroda you know constantly all the time we've always done what is right for the customer and and eventually people started appreciating recognizing that you know what this company cares for its customers right and and it didn't happen overnight right as in see the thing is uh, the uh, first 5 years of a business we were at 65000 customers right and uh, oh, wow. you know so it wasn't you know it wasn't like a you know like a joy right it was tough but i think the reason we could kind of sustain all of that with, without uh, uh you know raising external capital was because we started small and we never chased growth you know in the sense i never you know started a year with a number of customers in my mind in the sense i mean this is you know probably absolutely opposite to what a traditional you know if you go to a business school you know they'll not tell probably tell you to do exactly the opposite which is you know put a number and kind of drive your business to get there but what i want to hint at is that you know businesses can be built in multiple ways you know it need not always be that uh, what is thought or you know what say someone else some you know some big businessman did you know you don't have to cut copy paste i don't even think what we did should be cut copy pasted by anyone right? but i think like like i said right so caring for your customers and and then i think what we did really well again which is not planned was just to take care of people who work in the business very well right uh, uh, until date we haven't really had people quit our tech team for example right and that's such a big advantage to have right as in, you know like imagine like a tech team that's stuck together for like 6 years and you know just imagine how uh, you know each of the guy is such an expert in what he's doing after doing it for 5 6 years and you know and uh, and and they're not in it because you know we've never hired anyone with the promise of stock options or we have never hired uh, i mean so this was and i mean today you know they all they're all bearing the fruit the same way i've benefited everyone else in the business are going to benefit that you know we've all been together in building this business but uh, uh, so i think that's something that we've done is that constantly you know care for your you know people who are working with you as your family as in and it doesn't it, it isn't always about just giving the most money right as in a lot of people think you know just just by giving away money you are going to somehow come across yeah, like you're taking standard. care of your yeah, yeah. so it, it is uh, just money doesn't work you know you just have to uh, so i mean all of these things uh, and then uh, then uh, like yeah i think these two three things and and the thing about uh, not being bootstrapped i mean not uh, raising funds which gave us the flexibility was to experiment right mm. which you know becomes very tough when you have external capital right which is you know continuously keep experimenting with your products keep i mean i don't know how many products we have launched how many initiatives we have launched i mean and it doesn't work we stop it you know so it's uh, any 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 interesting things that didn't uh, really play out the way you wanted to well actually on the experimentation side i want to ask you what changed from 
65,000 users to now over 1.3 million, uh, 1.5 million. We're 3 million customers. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, okay. So the thing is, so in five years, four, you went from 65K to 3 million users in less than five years. And I think a lot of that growth has also happened in the last couple of years where you've doubled. Yeah, more, right. than, more than double. Um, I mean, like January, we were 2 million. So now we are 3 million. So, you know, like yeah. we added a million wow. customers just this year. So, which took us like almost eight years in the first eight years to seven and a half years to get to. You know. So, no, no, I think, uh, so the first few years of the, so I, I don't come with more tech background. Okay, As in there's you know, the only tech I've done, I keep joking about it is, is Excel. You know, I can add numbers on Excel sheet. You know, so, uh, so when we started the business, it was all built on top of vendor platforms. Right. And, uh, and so the, you know, when we built, started the business, the egg, the, the, the USP was that we are low cost, we are transparent. We are these folks who come and share and educate and, uh, uh, and platform was never the play. Right. Uh, by 2012, 13, we had the first competitor who was kind of saying the same story. And that's when it kind of realized that, you know, you have to kind of build that product advantage. And, uh, and Kalash, who heads our tech, he joined us in 2013. Yeah. And he's, you know, we've just been, we were like supremely, extremely uh, lucky to find him because he's one of the best tech folks that I, you know, not just tech, I think generally one of the best brains that I've come across. And around him is when we started building the product. And 2015 is when we launched uh, Kite, which is our web-based platform. Uh, yeah. Uh, which was an in-house product, right? It was uh, it was not a vendor product. So now you had a product which was different. And in 2015 December, you know, we did this, uh, you know, like almost like a weekend thing of, of going zero brokerage for equity investing. We used to okay. charge a brokerage fees for equity investors, but you know, we were getting labeled as a you know as a broker for very active traders and not for equity investors. And we wanted to change the image of the business. And we said, dude, why not just go zero brokerage for equity investing? Because it, that business doesn't bring any risk to us. And uh, so Kite plus zero brokerage, uh, yeah. December 2015, you know, it just, and, uh, it just gave us you know, virality for the first time. Uh, and in 2017, when Demon happened, uh, what happened was one of the big challenge for the business was onboarding a customer, right? Right. Um, you want to open an account, you have to sign a 30, 40 page document and all of that. Right. And uh, I, I still remember uh, where, I, I used to open uh, HFC Securities Limited uh, accounts and you'd have like, uh, I don't know, 40 uh, signatures. Because I used to work at a bank at that time. So I had to go and collect right. the signatures from our customers. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I think there was a 400 signatures and, and each signature has to be the same. Yeah. I mean, all the stupidity used to happen. And uh, so, yeah, thanks to Demon, what happened was people started using Aadhaar and Aadhaar could now be used for uh, digital onboarding, right? As in you could use Aadhaar yeah. for eSign, for KYC and et cetera. So uh, once that happened is when, you know, it just opened up for us you know, because uh, people could easily onboard uh, after yeah. that. And then, and then we've done all these, uh, you know, like I said, the product itself has evolved so much in the last five, six years. We, you know, the kite, the version we have today is the third version of kite. And when I say third version, it's a, you know, it's, it's like being brought completely to ground zero and rebuilt again. Uh, you know, and if you look at some of our, you know, like a banking competitor, I mean, they're probably still on the same platform that was available 15 years back. Right. And uh, so, so that's where the advantage is. And the advantage today is actually on the product. Um, and and in, in the way we have structured the business, which, you know, which kind of, uh, you know, in financial services businesses, you know, generally there's innovation is, is very tough. Why? Because, you know, there is a lot of uh, uh, legacy tech firstly. And, and then, right. uh, and then secondly, the issue is there is a lot of bureaucracy, you know, there are multiple layers and et cetera. So, so here, you know, we're a completely flat organization, uh, you know, and everyone's got freedom to innovate and, you know, just, just do, you know, whatever is required as in, you uh, um, so yeah, so that's that's essentially what is keeping us ahead of the competition today. Talking about keeping ahead, you one of the things that I love about the Zeroda platform is, uh, you know, it is a platform as well. Like in the sense, uh, there are others who actually create products and services on top of the Zeroda platform, and you know, right. I think uh, it's also it's also an incubator, or you just give these APIs. 
uh, how does that work? And and I see there are a lot of these companies, uh, like uh, you know, I think some of those companies have gone on to raise their own funding also. Uh, you know, being a, a platform play, and that's super powerful. How does this come about? So you know, thing is, uh, you know, the business that we were building right from the day one, right, was for people who had an intent to execute a trade. So if you had an intent to execute a trade, we wanted to give you the best trading platform. uh if you had an intent to learn how to trade we wanted to give you the best platform right but then the realization was that that caters to maybe just one or two percent of the population right the rest 98% don't have an intent to trade or don't know, want to learn to trade they want some you know kind of a nudge or some kind of a platform that makes it easier to discover or learn uh so so we we said do you actually go after each of these problems and try to solve it yourself or do you go partner with startups Right. Uh, and the reason uh, for this, you know, we call the initiative as Rain Matter. And the reason the Rain Matter initiative uh, uh, took birth was was because of Kite Connect APIs, right? So what what uh, the our tech team did was the you know, the way they built the Kite the platform was such a way that the the APIs would be used by everyone else. You know, Kite Kite the web platform was almost like a third party app sitting on the Kite Connect, which is the core auto management system for us. Uh, So yeah, so because they created it such a way, we could just open it up to startups, right? And and the and and uh, you know, with whatever little experience I had in my life, I realized that the biggest challenge in the business of money is gaining trust, right? You know, especially when there is money involved, you know, you don't really just trust a random brand very easily, right? Um, and I knew that you know, startups, you know, in today's world, has the money, but they don't have the time to wait to get to acquire the customer. Right, so a lot of these fintech startups or you know, startups focusing on savings and investments, it never used to last long enough to before they had enough audience on which they can you know survive, kinds right. So, so yeah, so we were trying to solve all these two three problems. So we said, what if we gave these APIs, which kind of let startups build user experiences without having to worry about compliances, regulations, onboarding, blah blah. Right, as in say that we are anyways doing it. Why bother doing it again? uh second is can it give them credibility to get their first 10000 customers right because you know how do you get your 10000 customers who trust you with money right it's it's almost impossible in today's world right and you know just by advertising you don't get it you know you, you wouldn't like tomorrow you can go put a front page ad and and say something uh, but people won't just come and trust money with a random brand right so so we said we build some brand credibility can we somehow give our brand name for these startups to validate their product uh so when we position these startups you know to our audience we we actually did it almost like it's us now, a lot of our customers feel today that these are not really third party startups you know third third party companies doing it they almost feel it like it somehow zerodas product itself mm-hmm. right the reason we had to do it was because that's how they trusted these products right and uh, and then we realized that uh because the capital markets in india is so shallow uh mm-hmm. it's very tough for these guys to raise money as well Right, and we said, you know what, uh, you know, we should maybe help them with that as well. So we we started cutting between like two to five crores of checks, uh, you know, that gets them to that point where they can potentially go raise professional money. Um, and then, yeah, it's it's I mean, it's one of the you know when I when we look back at this whole journey of zero, one of those things that I feel extremely proud about is that it's just the fact that you know we've been able to uh, you know get so many of these startups to. to actually you know be in a position a lot of these guys are generating revenue you know a lot of them are profitable today and you know just knowing that you know we somehow were the enablers for multiple businesses to kind of build and you know be profitable um is quite exciting you know and uh, so yeah so we have around 12 investments there today and uh, uh five of them are core products for traders and investors in the market That's no i i think it's super impressive the kind of uh, startups that you guys have backed on that and and you know uh, i i love the thought around you know the credibility angle because i think uh, india you know we keep talking about how it's a trust deficit market and you know giving them that trust uh, is that a core reason why you've been able to say grow the audience also to 300 uh, 3 million users uh, because now there is some trust being formed zeroda as a brand uh, is out there you don't need a uh you know one of the private banks to back a trading platform to say okay what i can go and do this uh, are all these coming together to create kind of uh, you yeah. know a very so strong proposition yeah 
I mean, see, the thing is, if you if you were to ask me, uh, you know, if there's an option to do this, we would have built this business in a stealth mode. You know? I mean, I I'm not a very social person. I mean, we were forced to do press, you know, in the sense, you know, go out and build that, you know, credibility by you know writing articles, you know, for for the newspapers because people as people assume that what comes in media is more credible than not. I mean, I you know, for good or for bad, you know, so. uh so we did that so you know we've we've taken a lot of effort in building the brand credibility and also as the customer base grew up and they understood that you know like all these things that we do f- to care for them uh like for example uh, you know at zeroda there's not a single person who's got a revenue target okay? so what it means is that no one in our business has an incentive to missell a product to our customer right which is one of the biggest problems for financial services firms right? as in you walk into a bank someone's going to sell you a mutual fund or insurance or whatever right as in you know whatever which can make some money for the bank right which uh which most of the times aren't really the greatest of product for you as a customer right so so the fact that we would never do it even if you know potentially it means more revenue for the business is i mean stuff like this you know these these practices is i think has helped us kind of garner some credibility and uh, uh but what we have still realized is that uh, still right our our average age of our audience today is around 28 to 29 years of age uh, so we have not been very successful with the 45 plus kind of crowd because okay. uh, you know while you know we managed to get trust with people who don't have too much money on them the guys who have a lot of money on them still trust the banks because i think uh, you know it's it's going to probably take us a lot more time before you know a guy who's got say 500 crores of stocks in his bmad account will open an account with us and keep that financial cross stock with us in the series but is that because they have uh, you know a lot of these money folks who have money with the bank uh, have somebody managing their account uh, you know probably giving them advice uh, i mean good yeah, advice absolutely. or bad advice is debatable <laughs> no no i mean relationship managers is you know uh, like you know like i I've, i've had so many conversations you know where you know the person suddenly says i want to open an account with zeroda but i want to speak to nitin the ceo because i am worth this much and i'm like dude no who cares no i mean like you know so but unless you know we change that thought process i don't think we'll ever be able to really cater to that crowd because that crowd the really rich folks are spoiled in this country right because there are so few of them and yeah. you know the bankers are spoiled them you know, they almost make them feel like their shit doesn't stink you know so it's it's like uh you know it's uh, so for them you know it's not just the user experience anymore in terms of the product you know it's also about having that person who's taking care of them all the time right you know mm. you know we, we we need to i mean we need to find a way to solve for it uh, if it you know it's uh, it's something that it's always been running in our head because we need to cater to that crowd as well um so yeah so it's 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 one of those things uh, credibility is extremely important in this business and that's the reason why big banks are becoming so much more bigger right because they are more credible and and people trust them more than the smaller banks now i mean in india smaller banks are uh, are not able to catch up you know even with a better product experience and all of that uh you mentioned a little bit about uh this uh, aspect of expanding the market um and you know for you know the number of stocks that we have listed uh, the number of you know customers uh, or, or users who are investing do you think any of this will change will will saying you know better practices of uh, audit uh, of stocks like performing in a certain way because the us has a lot of these uh, you know friendly policies towards investors right because then they're able to see exactly what's happening with the company if it's instead uh, they have to ask questions analysts are able to give you reports uh, are you able to a gauge like you know when some of these things would change and and that would result in expanding the market no i mean see the thing is you know if you look at the history of capital markets in india we really opened up only in the, the mid 90s as a country right mm. so we just mm. have like a 20 25 year you know real track record of of being a stock market i mean us has you know, maybe like a 150 year history right so i mean of course we are a much younger and there's a lot of catching up to do so uh because of which the you know also the thing is india is a poor country i mean there is i mean while we have 1.3 billion people only 5 crore indians have filed income tax returns and only out of that 5 crore some 2 2 and a half crores have actually paid some income tax right 
So we have a country where two and a half crore Indians are paying taxes to run the country of 1.3 billion people, right? Of 130 billion. I mean, I mean, so these are problems. I mean, uh, that you know, the way I think for our country to grow is, I think, firstly, we need to find a way to get the remaining 1.28 crore Indians to start earning more money, right? And which is which is a mega problem for this country. Right? As in, how do you get uh, you know more people earning enough money? Because if more people earn enough money, automatically they will look at investing. Right. If the people don't have money, you know, how will they invest? And it's a, it's almost, you know, it's impossible to do, right? So, I think, I think uh, that's a bigger problem. I mean, I don't know if there's a really any answer because as the world is getting more automated, it's becoming more efficient. You know, kind of jobs that were being created in India, I think there'll be lesser of it created in the future. Right? Uh, I mean, personally, I think all those things. I think the hope for India is actually getting back to agriculture. You know, become like this. Food capital of the world, or something, you know, because uh, uh, because otherwise, I don't know how you know you'll really create employment for uh, so many people. But yeah, but uh, comparing to the US is maybe is almost like comparing apples to watermelons. You know, it's not even oranges. So, you know, so, uh, uh, so both are great. Well, sticking to the topic, I mean, you you brought up agriculture and and. Uh, you know i i guess uh, giving employment on on this topic does rain matter as you as you as you're calling it also has a uh, i've read recently that you guys have started making investments into land uh, afforestation uh, and right. other such bets is that part of the core rain matter fund of zeroda or is this is something completely different and what is the uh, goal of this um I'm super oh, yeah, curious no, because you know it's a millennial thought process. No, no. I mean, see, the thing is, uh, I think you know there is. Uh, uh, you know, when I started my life career, I thought getting to a rupee number is gonna you know suddenly make you feel satisfied. Now I've I've gone multi folds over that number that I first started my you know my life with, and uh, it you know above a certain number, money makes no difference, right? And and then now you're actually seeing. Uh, now that you are one of those few lucky ones that who are able to reach this rupee number, you know how do you create more impact in life? And uh, uh, and one of the reasons for me to be thinking like this is also thanks to Kailash, who's our you know the CTO, the K. You know, so uh, he's uh, he's been like he's a, he's almost like an idealist, and uh, and you know uh, and over the last three four years we've been cont- continuously saying you know how do you give back to this country? Right? As in, and we are in a place. Thanks to the structure of the business, where we can give back again, you know, we can maybe do. Because today, what happens is when when companies do CSR, etc., right? You know, the the way they measure the impact is is, you know, I mean, it's almost like VC funding. So more money goes to large NGOs, and a lot of grassroots ones don't really get as much funding. Right? And uh, also, uh, we are we you know like personally, I've been very passionate about trees and. Like my mom used to do landscaping for a bit, so I used to, you know, she had a flower shop for a bit. So I, I've okay. been involved with her in some forms. So I've been generally passionate about trees, etc. So, like I said, right, one of the, I think, one of the ways. See, firstly, you know, we need to realize that capitalism is killing the planet. Right? Doesn't make sense. I mean, this whole constant need to consume, you know, which means produce more, which means the planet is going to get destroyed. I mean, it's a given, right? It's happening really fast. So climate change is a real problem, and you know, probably the biggest problem. And like, uh, like the way we are all reacting to COVID, I think we should ideally be also reacting to climate change the same way. Right? Because you will have a vaccine soon for COVID, but I don't think there's going to be any vaccine for climate change once we have pushed it, or probably we've already pushed it beyond its limit. Right? Um, yeah. So one of the ideas that we've had there is that maybe a solution for India's problems. One of the smaller solutions is. Can you, you know, grow uh, food forests, natural food forests, um, which uh, which can generate some income for people, you know, uh, with land and uh, and also care take care of the, you know, I think at the end of the day, right? What do people need? Right? Shelter, food, and shelter are the most basic needs of life. Right? As in, can you somehow cover for all of that? So that's something that we are extremely passionate about. And uh, yeah, so we're calling it Rain Matter Climate, and uh, we have allocated uh, the plan is to allocate most of our personal networks and what company is making into this because uh, of course you know you know keeping aside whatever is required for our lifestyles you know so uh, is to kind of use this initiative to one invest in startups 
or working on climate change trying to make a difference because uh, there is no monetization of these climate change startups today right as in, and so that's why they are also finding it tough to raise money uh, so uh, so yeah so firstly that second is actually go out and support grassroots organizations now people who are actually working on ground zero and trying to you know work in villages and you know get farmers to uh, kind of look at sustainable ways of growing you know agriculture then uh, then just to you know monoculture and you know used fertilizers and all of that you know so um, so yeah so that's 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 something that we are passionate about and uh, uh, i'm i'm super excited about it as well no no super exciting i, I think very few uh you know entrepreneurs when they reach you know certain amount of wealth think about you know philanthropy i, I don't know where i was reading this uh philanthropy in india is is like probably the worst as a number across the world for uh, folks who have the money to give away and you know for things that uh you know could actually make an impact and what was very interesting to me when reading uh that news was like you said there's no difference in the money you know after a certain point right like what do you do with it you can get your 10th house in london or whatever <laughs> right but it's not going to change your life per se but just putting that aside and seeing how it could actually compound uh, and and you know like i would say isn't that some of the basic tenets of having this life that they given and you know wouldn't more people want to do that which is surprising which is Not no, I mean, see, thing is, no, I think, no, I'll tell you what, okay, I think what I've is that even giving back is extremely tough, right? Mm. Like, you know, like say t- tomorrow you have a lot of money and you want to give back. How do you decide who do you give back to money, right? Like, because the problem with, with doing this giving back, right, there is a lot of trust deficit, right? Because you are, you are actually giving away your money to someone and saying that, dude, you can go and use this for betterment of planet, right? And suddenly there is a deficit in terms of, how do you trust this guy that he will go and do it as in it's extremely tough you know i mean uh, like i think giving back is is so much more tougher than making it because i i, I like my personal thing so what we the, the reason we got our hands dirty and we said that we have to do this you know like as if we are actually running a business is because uh, because that's when you know you can actually get over the trust deficit otherwise it's very tough to just trust the money you know like suddenly if say a business makes x amount of money and they decide say 10% of the x they will going to give back you have to now pick up this 10 people to give back this money to right doesn't that's extremely tough because when you invest into a company you can look at the roi in terms of returns in terms of revenue in terms of whatever the problem with you know when you are doing this kind of an activity is your returns the, you know is in terms of impact you know which is very tough to measure right and and it can potentially take long periods of time before uh you know say for example say you funded this person who says i'm going to build a food forest right it's going right. to take 10 15 years before you see the food forest right <laughs> yeah, yeah you know so it's uh, it's, it's actually working yeah it's uh, i think i think oh, there is an opportunity there as well is that there is an opportunity for making it easier to giving it back to the you know planet you know or to csr etc because if you make it easier i think there will be more people doing it because a lot of friends that i know who have done well in life they want to give back but they don't really know how to give back as well you know so it's uh, uh no no i mean i think i think uh, it's not i don't know if it's right to say that indian businesses or promoters aren't doing it i know a lot of folks who have intent a lot of folks are doing it uh, but it is it is a big challenge giving back as well nitin this has been awesome uh, yeah. i've learned so much about the other aspects of uh, nitin that you typically wouldn't hear uh, you know in, and i guess regular pr stories um do you still trade no no i don't i don't i mean i okay. uh, i trade to test the platform but i i, I don't think i have taken a trade where i am bothered about the you know what is the impact of the trade for a long time i mean i mean you can consider you know all these investments that we have done through rain matter you know way is a is a form of a trade but uh, uh, but no i think but you know a lot of people don't understand this you know i usually say this uh, i don't trade uh, actively but zerola is the biggest trade of my life you know so uh, you know it's <laughs> you know so yeah, you're, you're definitely in the positive it's a it's a multi bagger uh, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those multi bagger lucky multi bagger <laughs> um what's next for zerola premier 
so i mean of course you know we intend to continue making the product better um the like one of the angles that i said is uh, you know which uh which we are trying to solve for in the future is helping people do the right things you know until now we were trying to educate people now we are trying to see if we can use the platform to nudge people from doing mistakes right you know uh, say so we already have one such nudge so for example if you're trying to buy a penny stock at zeroda we nudge you away from it we say it's a penny stock boss you know you can lose a lot of money don't buy this right so we intend to kind of but then you know you can override that nudge you know it's not that you know we still let you go through the nudge it's almost like a like a really soft nudge to tell you that this is a mistake uh, so we intend to do more of that you know is to uh, is to say you know kind of let people know when they're doing mistakes that it's a mistake because a lot of people don't even know it right and uh, uh, we have a loan against securities business that will be live soon with um okay and you know we're trying to uh, i mean it's been at work for a while but we we hope to allow indians to invest in us stocks uh okay. you know international stocks as well so uh, so yeah so these these are some of the things why why is it sexy i've seen a few of those startups come up now uh, i think stockel uh, vested a uh, bunch of new players um in a way it's nice because you get to invest in uh, a company that you wouldn't typically get invested all the saas businesses that you currently use uh be it a microsoft or a atlassian or uber <laughs> um, is is this what customers want no i mean the thing is uh you know stock markets around the world have expanded when consumer have had access to companies who build products that people use for example in the us and if you see the markets the reason for it to expand over the last one two years is a fang stock you know it's facebook apple netflix google etc yeah. and uh, and tesla now right as in so it's uh, you know because people admire these products they also want to own shares of that companies uh, and the challenge in india has been that i mean apart from royal enfield right like, you know if you were to ask a 20 to 30 year old in this country apart from an enfield i don't think there's any other brand that you aspire to own which is trading on the indian markets i mean you don't aspire to own you know say infosys or hdfc i mean it is not it's not very cool and sexy for a millennial right i mean if you know if i you know if if i had an access to own say ola because ola i love as a brand you know or swiggy right i would have you know, i would have definitely you know as a 20 to 30 year old the chance of buying that is much higher than buying something else right so uh So yeah, so uh, I mean the bet is that, but the problem is, you know, India has made it extremely tough for money to be sent outside the country. Right. I mean, right. So the cost of sending money is quite high, and you lose a lot of money in the spread itself when you're sending it. Right. Uh, so, so yeah. So you're already down money. what four percent, five percent just to remit money. You're that, you've yeah. already uh, the bank charges a spread, uh, right? And you have to again, you have to fill a few hundred forms. Uh, and prove why you're sending this money. <laughs> yeah, all of that. They made it extremely tough. You know, I think. I mean, our country needs money. I don't think our country can afford to send a lot of money out. So I guess you know it's a problem as well. Uh, yeah. So I mean, the, those are the roadblocks because of which I think a lot of guys who are offering it in India haven't really been successful at it yet uh, because sending money out is tough. And this year, I don't know if you've seen uh, during the budget, uh, they introduced a tax deduction on source of five percent. so you have to pay a tax just to send money out you know so um uh, oh, wow so, yeah so if you want if you are emitting more than $10000 a year you have to uh, pay a 5% uh, tax on it on source and then you can recover it you know you can reclaim it but the fact is that when your money goes your it goes 5% less you know that's apart from the currency spread so uh, so yeah so these are the challenges for that you know, so. um i guess hiring you 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 guys are on a on a on a bull run as well at uh, zero <laughs> so uh, what are you hiring for thing is uh, yeah no no we are not we are not actually hiring so i mean we are going slow on it cuz uh, why you know we are all been working from home for the last 5 6 months and uh, hmm. uh, like i said right uh, a lot of efficiency has got built in uh, over the last 5 6 months you know a lot of those processes which we you know we had human solving for Uh, we have machine solving for today, and uh, uh, so which meant that you know people who had who were there from before, you know, workload reduced for them, so they are doing other things. Mm-hmm. So we haven't really needed uh, to hire aggressively. You know, I mean, of course, you know, there there's a five ten percent 
jump in people etc but uh, they're not like you know going out and hiring hundreds of or thousands of people and that's i mean I've, i like i said you know I, even though our business has done so well in the interim you know the fact that the need to hire more isn't there kind of shows you know this whole new world which is a lot more efficient and mm. and and that i think that's where you know all of us you know have to constantly keep upskilling ourselves just to make sure we are more relevant in this new world you know, otherwise you know you can just suddenly become redundant uh, without even knowing it for sure uh hey it this has been awesome uh thanks for sharing the story and and the cool things uh keep on doing the great work uh i'm sure we'll all be tracking what you guys are up to and and staying in form uh cheers cheers uh hey guys if you liked uh, this conversation with uh nitin please subscribe to our channel and uh, stay tuned for a lot more amazing entrepreneurs just like nitin right here on the stars and stars podcast Before we get that, what's on the wall uh, to your side? What is what is it that oh, you have framed oh. so many? <laughs> But these are those old share certificates. You know, all these old companies which uh, trading shares still do yeah. certificates. You know, so yeah, these are some of these. Why, why is it not framed? Like no, uh, it's it's got like, a story to it. You know, each certificate okay. has a story to it, and okay. like you know, like I have a Reuters wire from nineteen twenties. But yeah, but I think like this, it almost looks like you know it's some school or college. Yeah, diploma. It's some yeah. <laughs> diploma. Yeah, like like look 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 how much shit I have gone through, right? Like oh my god, let me then just let me let me change this angle. Wait, no, 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 this is, this is great. Huh? This is <laughs> no, great. no, I mean I know I don't want people. I didn't realize that someone would be thinking like that. Let me. I have Messi on the other side, so it's. I thought you preferred NBA. Uh, oh, is that a oh, sign, Jazzy? Yeah, no, Uh, yeah, that's a sign. Just soccer as well, you know. So it's. Mm-hmm.